You're listening to Love and War with David Harwood. This is a weekly podcast where David offers spiritual insights that are aimed to enhance your relationship with God, yourself, and others. If you are edified by what you hear, please recommend this podcast to people you love. Now, here's David. Today we're introducing a vital aspect of each believer's inner narrative. Here it is. You have been chosen. You responded to the Father who called you into a relationship with His Son. 1 Corinthians 1, 9 God is faithful, through whom you were called into fellowship with His Son, Jesus the Messiah, our Lord. Upon that basis, God chose you. The Messiah said, For many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew 22:14. Many do not respond to the initial call to return to God and develop a relationship with the Lord. Those who do become recipients of God's choice. What is the nature of that choice? Out of relationship with himself, God chooses each one to fulfill a purpose. Those who respond to the call get called. In Romans 1, the same word is used to describe three types of calling. Paul was called to be an apostle, chapter 1, verse 1. The believers are the called of the Messiah to salvation and are called to be holy, chapter 1, 6 to 7a. Paul, a bondservant of the Messiah Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, among whom you also are the called of Jesus the Messiah to all those in Rome who are loved by God, called to be saints. Paul's calling accompanied Paul's call. The Messiah said to Ananias concerning him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Acts 9, 15 and 16. As with Paul, being called by God to himself can involve a specific calling. The first call is to the Lord. As that relationship is pursued, God confirms the second form of calling, which is another result of God's unique choice. Acts 13, 2. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The first purpose is to grow in your relationship with him and his people. The outgrowth of that is the development of your gifts as you work out your initial calling. There is a term used to describe the experience of those who were called to prophetic ministry, the call narrative. I'd like you to take a look at a principle. Since the overwhelming majority of the scriptures were written specifically to the Jewish people, we find that those who are called are normally part of Israel. This is not always the case. For instance, God called Cyrus a pagan king, but it usually is. Israel is described as being a called and chosen ethnic family group. In the call narratives, 
we read about a person of a called, chosen group who was called and chosen as an individual. The person already had a destiny connected to his people's purpose. Now, the called and chosen person within the called and chosen people had a role to play in helping the people accomplish their calling, thus fulfilling the reason for God's choice. You are a member of the Messiah's body. The Messianic community has a corporate destiny to salvation and glory. You participate in that destiny. Within the context of your being part of this one new man, you have been uniquely chosen. Founded upon your salvation, you have been chosen to fulfill a specific calling that will enable the believing community to fulfill the purpose of God's elect community. That is generally called a ministry. You have been called, you have been chosen to serve. Many believe that his election has nothing to do with his affection. Yet there is an emotional component to God's choice. God especially loves those who respond to his call. He chooses who he loves. Being chosen, elect, is a huge topic. We need to explore it a little bit. This is how one theological lexicon defines the Greek word translated choice. To make a special choice based upon significant preference, often implying a strongly favorable attitude toward what is chosen, Launida. This is brought out beautifully in Moses' declaration to Israel found in Deuteronomy 7, 7 to 8a. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples, but because the Lord loved you. Many think the Lord saw nothing in Israel to stir him to choose them. Even when they quote the entire passage, people tend to misrepresent the nature of his love and the reasons for his choice. Now, by the way, I've written about this in For the Sake of the Fathers and also in the book God's True Love. If you want greater detail, I encourage you to get those books. Okay, let's go back to that, pa uh, that paragraph. Many think the Lord saw nothing in Israel to stir him to choose them. Even when they quote the entire passage, people tend to misrepresent the nature of his love and the reasons for his choice. Suffice it to say that God found something he loved in Israel. In fact, he loved this people, so he chose them. Deuteronomy 7, 8a, but because the Lord loved you. Allow me to pose a question. Can you dare believe that God saw something about your heart that provoked him to choose you? Is that too much to believe? If you integrated that thought into your inner narrative, do you think you may be tempted to become arrogant? Fear not. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 1, 27-29 God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world, and the despised, God has chosen the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. This does not mean that he did not find what the world sees as lowly and despised to be worth loving. In fact, here's a remarkable story about the choice of Israel's true king. It is written, Psalm 78, 70. 
He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. Here's what happened. Bring your sons to me, Samuel said. Jesse didn't even bother to summon David. Out of sight, out of mind, doing menial work, the youngest, the least physically imposing, the overlooked one, David was lowly and despised. God said, perfect. And looking at David's heart, the Lord couldn't help but say, I want that kid to be my earthly ancestor. Let's choose him. And it was so. Here is the record of God revealing his choice. God sees, not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7b. Ultimately, David had a keen sense of being chosen. Look how he spoke of himself to someone who was mocking him. David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will celebrate before the Lord. 2 Samuel 6, 21 You've been chosen too. Perhaps the best-known verse that describes this reality is found in John 15. The Lord said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. John 15, 16. These immature, imperfect, fickle disciples were chosen just as they were. In closing, you are a chosen person. You've been chosen too. Yes, you've been chosen for a specific relational role and for effective service. You've been chosen to be a member of the Messiah's body. You've been chosen to participate in fulfilling God's purposes. All of this is true, but remember, the primary reason you've been chosen is because God loves you and wants you to be in relationship with Him. You have been chosen to be God's child. You have been chosen to be the Lord Jesus' sister or brother. You have been chosen to be Jesus' friend. Recognize and receive these realities. God has specifically chosen you because He has a unique love for you. Created to be his special person, he highly values you. In revealing his choice of you, he is showing you that you have great worth and dignity. In these meditations, we've consistently stressed that you are God's dwelling place. It's true. God dwells in you. One thing we have not focused on is the matter of this being the result of his choice. You have been chosen to be his dwelling place. Our next meditation will focus upon that relationship. Meanwhile, please consider and reconsider that God's choice of you is determined by how much he loves you, not just because of his nature and not a display of omnipotent volition, but because he finds you to be lovely, highly precious, in his eyes, worthy of the Messiah's sacrifice, he has called you into fellowship with himself and chosen you for a purpose. Love and War is written and presented by David Harwood. 
Editing is by David and Sammy Avino, who is also the producer and technical advisor for the podcast. David is the pastor of Restoration Fellowship in Glencove, New York, and the author of the books God's True Love and For the Sake of the Fathers. To purchase copies of David's books, please go to loveofgodproject.org. The theme song for this podcast is Skirmish, from the album Combustion, which was written and performed by Leonard Jones. Additional episodes of Love and War can be downloaded on the Podbean app or through iTunes. For more information on Love and War, Restoration Fellowship, God's True Love, or For the Sake of the Fathers, visit us on restorationfellowshipny.com, loveofgodproject.org, book.forthesakeofthefathers.com, or you can follow us on Facebook at Restoration Fellowship NY, Love of God Project, Love and War DH, and For the Sake of the Fathers. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email David at loveandwar underscore dh at yahoo.com. As always, please remember to share Love and War and support us by leaving a positive review on iTunes and Podbean.